The median price of a three-bedroom apartment in Cambridge, Massachusetts today is $3,800, and the median price of a one-bedroom apartment in Cambridge, Massachusetts today is $2,500. I'm Christopher Schmidt, and this is Renters Matter, a show about politics in Cambridge and what it means for renters like me. I've been renting in Cambridge for 15 years now, paying everywhere from $3,100 for a four-bedroom place when I initially moved here, back to $3,500 now for my three-bedroom place, uh, I think paying 3100 a month for a four bedroom in 2005 was probably I was getting a little bit scammed but in any case uh it is certainly the case that living in Cambridge Massachusetts today is expensive if you're moving here today even if you're sharing bedrooms with other people you're paying 1200 to 1300 dollars a month uh per person living in a three bedroom unit uh, or $2,500 a month if you want to live on your own. Um, of course, the primary reason for that is that Cambridge continues to increase in desirability, and we have made not nearly enough housing to make up for that. Overall, we've added 8,000 jobs over the past decade while adding only 1,000 homes. Nope, I'm doing that wrong. We've added 24,000 jobs while adding only 3,000 homes uh, over something like the past five years. So um, clearly we're not keeping up with the increase in demand that we have wrought upon ourselves. And uh, yeah, so I'm thinking about this today because I just came out of a meeting at the Central Square Advisory Committee. Uh, the Central Square Advisory Committee today was hearing from um, the about the development that is proposed at 544 Massachusetts Avenue. Um, 544 Mass Ave is a old kind of decrepit building um, that has been there forever, formerly contained Shalimar and Teddy's Shoes, uh, now contains Teddy's Shoes and Five Spices, uh, as well as the Center for Marxist Education um, and Studio at 550, a, uh, I think, full story, full floor um, dance studio uh, that exists on the top floor of that building. Um, this is, of course, next to the full building dance studio, five-story dance studio next door. Um, that exists there today. Uh, so 544 Mass Ave, the proposal is basically to keep the first floor retail, um, and in particular keep it because apparently uh, Shalimar was given a ridiculously good uh, lease that they have um, according to the property owner uh, forever. Um, and uh, they they will intend to keep it. Uh, so they'll intend to keep it because, you know, they've got a really good deal and they would never give that up. They've subleased it now and are probably just sitting at home counting their dollar bills and planning how they're going to make their uh, Scrooge McDuck uh, gold safe that they can go diving in money in. So congratulations to them. But unfortunately, that means that redeveloping the building is a little bit of a challenge. Uh, so one of the things that is the case right now um, is that you know uh, uh, Studio 550 is a nonprofit dance studio that offers classes and studio space uh, for photo shoots and unusual artistic pursuits that really can't be pursued in many other existing spaces in Central Square. Uh, it's it's a big space. It's you know a big floor plan for them, um, and they're getting it at far below market rents. Um, so the person, the property owner, kind of came in and, and said basically, you know, for for the, the property he's planning on building out, he's planning on leasing the spaces after they're done at about $47 per square foot, which means that they'd have to be looking at, you know, a minimum of $10,000 a month in rent for one of these floors. And as a nonprofit, Studio at 550 probably doesn't bring in anywhere near that amount of money. Um, so the biggest problem here, uh, and, and so the development that, that the developer wants to bring in is actually 29 micro units of housing. So housing between 250 and 500 square feet 
that is going to be added to the community studios and small units uh, right in the heart of Central Square, which I think really does um, meet some of the neighborhood profile of you know young adult professionals um, who who would be looking to move to the square. Uh, and as I just mentioned, a one bedroom apartment, and I'm looking here at places that are 480 square feet. Uh, right now would be renting for $2,500 a month. Uh, so the, the price that you'll be looking at in these micro units created at the, the 544 Mass Ave space would be significantly lower than that, almost a third lower than that for their market rate kind of studios that are actually approximately the same size. So I think that this is actually, you know, as much as people complain that, uh, you know, this isn't the kind of housing we need, it's like, well, the other types of housing is exactly what we already have. It's not, it's not, it's, it's actually much less expensive um, to do this. So uh, now whether they actually rented that price, another story, whatever, we can deal with that uh, at least a little bit later. Um, but one of the biggest problems that this is facing is the displacement of this studio space uh, is really is really you know frustrating the the dance studio tenants um, you know Callie who runs the studio at 550 nonprofit space is I think you know frustrated frustrated because it's difficult for her to look and and say what should we do now um, you know we can't afford anything else if you move us to a different space that's not Central Square then it's not really going to be Central Square we're going to lose this arts community we've built up in the middle of the Central Square Arts Cultural District uh, and and all of these conflicts really boil down to one thing is that we've created a zero-sum game by preventing anything new from being built for a hundred years um, other than the housing at, at Mass and Main right across the street uh, from the, the um, uh, CCTV studio here as I look out the window again and again at it, um, there's really not a lot of new development that has been happening in Central Square. Uh, you know, new zoning was kind of passed and, and is being reformed and there was a study and there's all these other things. But, but the reality is that what is really needed in order to support arts uses is money and space. Money and space. That's what you got to have. You've got to have, and, and space can be traded. Money can be traded for space. Space can't really be easily traded for money, um, or at least it can only be traded at one time. Uh, but you need money and space. And, and what we're severely lacking is money and space. The city has invested very little in creating community spaces, has invested very little in connecting tenants who would look for low-cost spaces to existing empty spaces. Uh, you know, we have, we have vacant retail storefronts, we have vacant spaces all over the city, and we're doing a very poor job of connecting, connecting tenants to them, and, and a very poor job of creating long-term maintainable spaces for arts uses. Uh, these things just aren't happening. And, and, you know, I, I did a little bit of math and I, I said, okay, so if you wanted to keep one of these floors, what you're expecting to make from rent from the second and third floor is basically you are expecting to pull in $130,000 a year in rent from these, these apartments. That's, you know, your $47 per square foot uh, rental rates. That's what you're expecting to make from second and third floors. Could you, if somebody is willing to pay for that, you know, could they keep that? And, and he said, yeah, you know, if you if we were going to do that, we could figure out how to make the building work. That's fine. Um, but then you look at like if you're paying one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a month, let's talk about, you know, a, a 10 year, a 10 year run. You know, this is a, a, a it's not a standard, but a common commercial lease is a 10 year lease. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that looks like. Well, that looks like one point three million dollars, uh, you know, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a month, make it a 10 year lease. Uh, or $130,000 a year, whatever. Um, so for $1.3 million, you can actually buy some space. And I don't know, <coughs> excuse me, how big that space is right now. I don't know exactly, you know, what they're using. I don't know what they would need. 
but but you can buy some space. Um, but the problem that you have is, you know, then you've got to be construction, you've got to be doing these other things. So so the city and and you have to come up with that money from somewhere, right? I'm I'm imagining and saying like, well, if the city was willing to say this is important to us, it would cost one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. Let's imagine that they would be willing to commit to that. Um, dubious, but maybe, you know, then maybe what we should be doing instead is spending, you know, $1.3 million and building out a community space, building out a central square version of the multicultural arts center, building out and buying space to do more of this. And, and I continue to come back to uh, the Central Square Library. The Central Square Library is really close to Central Square, but not right on Mass Ave. Uh, it, it has a big physical, you know, floor plate in this brutalist building. It's got a, a garage of parking there. And, and I continue to feel that the Central Square Library should be built into a, a massive community space to be talking about the types of things that you want to do, that we should reform the first floor to talk about creating, you know, a, a, a space for pop-up, um, small pop-up spaces, you know, take that first floor of, of, the, of the Central Square Library and rebuild it into a great place for small, you know, businesses to be able to come in at lower rates and have just a, a small space, you know, 100 square foot. 200 square foot space, um, build the second floor into community spaces, build the third and fourth floors into, you know, a great, like continue into the great library space there and, and maintain all of these things going forward. And, and I understand that again, everything has a transition cost and everything has a cost that goes with it, but just make that whole property seven stories of community space. Uh, I keep a little bit more parking there. That's fine. Um, and, and that'll get some more cars off the streets on, on Mass Ave and you've got some place to park in, in what's currently the Green Street Garage. But we're not doing that. We're not planning on that. We're not talking about that. We're not really thinking about that as far as I can tell. And and the city, despite all of its, you know, hand-waving around arts, doesn't seem to be committed to, to spending money and to making connections and to drawing lines that get you from one place to another to get from, okay, you know, Cali and Studio 550 is likely to, if things go forward as they are, be losing her artist space in October of this year. Uh, you know, stuff will go for a planning board. And, and by October of this year, you're really looking at, at things being under construction there. And, and they're basically going to be tearing down the whole building behind the facade and rebuilding it above uh, that retail there. Um, so there's not going to be space for them that is going to get torn down and, and rebuilt, you know, in a completely new way. Um, okay, great. So what what can we do in October of this year? What can we do in February of next year? What can we be working on to be moving forward with these plans to, to get things in there? And I think that, you know, again, to, to focus, refocus again on the library, like let's talk about, you know, the library actually has a, a relatively large meeting room that fits a hundred people. Um, it's, it's got, it's a high ceiling space. It's a very high ceiling space. So that might not work for them, but you know, got a lot of light, got a lot of these other things. So great. Let's talk about making that a commitment that we make that a, a, a community space, uh, you know, set up a, a, a schedule with studio 550, a commitment with them to, to move to that space temporarily while you build up these other, you know, opportunities or while you connect them to another long-term opportunity while the city commits to that. The problem that I have continues to be, and we saw this with the EMF building. Uh, and we, we've, I, I think that we have seen this before and see this again, is that I don't think the city is, is willing to in the form of its current city manager, take advantage of opportunities 
communities to push for better outcomes for the arts. I think that, you know, the the current city manager will will squeeze a nickel until the buffalo screams, is that what it sounds like? You know, is is not willing to part with money for these these types of commitments and it's really going to take a concerted community effort of of a concerted and specific ask, I think, in order to to push these things to say like, look, here's what we want to do. We want to maintain this space. And I think that a nonprofit dance studio that has, you know, dozens of classes per week organized with low, you know, affordable rates for people to use it is a great case for the city to be looking at that. It's a great case to be talking about this is the type of use that you want to encourage, that you really want to bring that in. And how can we make this happen? And maybe the library space sucks because everything would be too loud and it would be a nightmare. Okay, fine. But what else does it look like? What spaces does a city have? What spaces do businesses have? What spaces can you connect people to? And why isn't the, the you know, Arts Advisory Council making these connections? Why isn't, you know, the, the city drawing these lines? Why, after, you know, hearing from these people at, at you know, I mean, I've now been to two different meetings about this where, where I'm hearing about it. I'm hearing about it from, you know, city council member or city council vice mayor, Alana Mallon, uh, you know, brought this up on Twitter that alerted me to the concern at all. And, and you know, and, and I think has been, you know, to what extent she, she has the power and authority to has really pushed for arts funding and arts efforts in Central Square. You know, why is it that Callie, who I, I feel like is doing a good job, is is feeling left out in the cold? Why does she feel like she has to go to the Central Square Advisory Committee and kind of beg for connections and beg for what's the process and beg for how can I get help? Why isn't there a place that people can go? And And to pit housing versus arts against each other in this way is kind of both misunderstanding I mean, it's only, it's an artificial scarcity problem, right? Like there is no reason that we can't build more housing. There is no reason that we can't build more art spaces. There is no reason that we can't do more in a bunch of different ways, except that we've decided not to. We've decided not to. We've decided not to invest in it. We've decided not to commit to it. We've decided not to make this uh, enough of a priority. We have not created a set of rules that will have private businesses for, do it for us, and we have not created a set of funding that will cause the city to fund it. Um, and with neither of those things happening, without without private money coming in and without public money going in, then without private or public money, then there is no money. Then there is no money, and if there is no money, there is no space. And, and that is really unfortunate because I don't want to be kicking someone out of their dance studio in order to be able to have people afford to live here. And when you talk about $1,300 to be able to afford to live here, when I'm looking at these places and saying like, I got to look at $2,500 a month, when I'm looking at this and saying like, look, I'm going to get, you know, 800 square feet for $2,500 a month is great. Uh, but realistically, a lot of what he's looking at, I'm looking at $480 a square foot. What I'm looking at is, is small places that don't have, you know, 200 91 square feet and we're talking about this being $2,495 a month like this is this is the options that I have and and you know I you can go ahead and tell me all you want that that this isn't what people want. This isn't the type of people that we want. I mean, I heard one of the artists who was there who said, you know, I like people who can afford $1,300 a month for an apartment are not the kind of people who are contributing to our community. I like I'm just right here. <laughs> Like, yes, and, and you're sitting this here and saying this as someone who was priced out of Cambridge. Like, you know that no one can afford to be here 
are you saying that because you can't afford to live here anymore, like you couldn't be contributing? Like lowering the prices is all that we can do. And yeah, for someone who's an artist who only makes $5,000 a year in, in funds, yeah, I, I, you're right. Like we can't provide you an apartment for that price because we can't keep the lights on for that price. But, but like, and have you afford, I mean, that realistically means that you can spend $1,200 a year on, on, on housing, which is less than electricity. Like that's less than a cost to heat a space. Like I, you cannot fix that problem that way. And, and I don't know how to help you. Like I, there is not enough money in the world that, that like we could help everybody to that extent. And I'm sorry, I really am because I love the people who can make art. I love people who can do these things, but we can't solve every problem. But, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't solve any problems. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be looking at places that cost half of what a medium one bedroom costs as often opportunity to people who otherwise would not be able to be here people who work at a nonprofit and can afford to be here because despite the fact that like yes like that like not everyone can afford to live at those prices not everyone can and I agree but we have to do something we cannot just keep sticking our fingers in our ears and saying like because it's not $800 a month then we can't we shouldn't make these apartments because it's not $700 a month we shouldn't make these apartments you will never make new apartments at $700 a month they you they can't pay the people who build put up the walls for that price and that is like an exhausting continual repeated battle that i just keep having of saying like we we have to do something. We cannot do nothing forever because it's not the perfect solution. We cannot do that. And the zero sum game where we don't build housing anywhere and we don't build art spaces anywhere. And then everyone who has to fight over these like, you know, this, this 12 million square feet that are all that exists and the people who keep coming in make more money and they buy more expensive housing and we build more expensive buildings. And, and, and in the end, I just, I just want to cry. I want to cry because we just keep digging ourselves more and more and more of a hole. And I want to cry because people keep saying that what we really need to make our communities work is families. Like I heard this morning at the city manager discussion, like I heard this after this evening at the Central Square Advisory Committee, that the only people who matter to make a community are families. And I'm sitting here going like, like, my friends don't necessarily have like, so people want to live here before they have families. People want to live here when they're students. We want to invite them. We want to be part, make them part of our community. We want them to stay here and we want them to grow into having a family, but they're not going to do that if they can't afford to live here. They're not going to do that and grow up in Cambridge and stay in Cambridge. When they finish high school, they're going to have to leave because they can't afford to live here. Because my daughter, who's 19 years old, will not be able to afford to live in Cambridge when she finishes college. She just won't. She just won't. And I can't even afford to rent a place that she can come back to when she finishes college because it costs too much. Because it does not make sense to maintain that as a portion of my housing costs when I, when, when, when the prices are so high. And this morning, in the Government Operations Committee, the city manager, as I mentioned last week, has requested that his contract be renewed. Uh, and, and you heard over and over and over again from the public commenters, the city manager isn't committed to doing enough, but it's, it's, it's a consistency of view of the city manager not doing enough, but 
the two views compete because the, there's one half of people thinks he's not doing enough because he's allowing all this commercial development. And there's one half who thinks he's not doing enough because he's not taking enough money from the commercial development to spend on other things. And like, yeah, we all agree that he's not doing enough. But if we all sat down and said, like, what should he be doing more of? We'd have completely different visions on what he should be doing more of. And and I think the city council realistically is committed that they're going to extend his contract and, and we're not going to make any progress on this. But but this is a city manager who's ignored up to 80 policy orders at a time, who's ignored every policy order effectively on municipal broadband and has just stuck his fingers in his ears and pretended that they don't exist. And I'm sitting here again, like, how can I squeeze another $1.2 million for funding an art space out of him? And the answer is like, who am I kidding? Like, I can't, I can't convince him to spend $400,000 doing a study or whatever number of $100,000 on a study that would make the city money. Like, who am I kidding that he's going to go and help fund art spaces? Who am I kidding that he's going to part with money to keep Central Square a vibrant place? Who am I kidding that he even cares about housing? Because realistically, he knows that when we build more commercial space, the, the tax revenue comes in and the residential property tax rates go down and he gets to pat himself on the back because all these old timers who are just worried about that call him up and say like, doing a great job, Louis, you coached my son baseball and I love that. But like, I'm sitting here going like, I want more than that. I want a city manager who's focused on forward looking equity to create Cambridge to be the best place it can be, to use the opportunity that we have to do better and do more and you're not doing that and and other people just want Cambridge to stay this like like trapped in amber and never change again and I don't want Cambridge to never change I want Cambridge to stay vibrant and the only way that things stay vibrant in a city is that they change cities that stagnate die cities that stagnate die and I don't want cities to stagnate and die. I don't want our city to stagnate and die. I don't want any of the rest of them around us to do it either. I want to have this being a growing commercial and cultural and residential zone. I want this to be a city that encourages more people, that encourages people of all sizes of families. Whether it's, you know, people with seven kids or living on their own have the opportunity to be here. I want to have opportunities where people who just want to live alone can do so. I want to have opportunities for artists who can work at a nonprofit by day and do art by night can at least have that opportunity instead of what we have now, which is a growing amount of no opportunity. I want to have those spaces exist where they can go to. I want to reward and fund the nonprofits that help them. I want to bring those things together and bring together the community to fight for a better outcome for everybody. That's what I want. That's the Cambridge I want. That's the Cambridge I want to see is somebody who's working together and not pitting us against each other. Not saying, I don't really like these micro units. I don't think that's the kind of thing we need for our community. Well, what fuck, what community? What community are you talking to? Are you talking to the students who are tired of living in a place where they can't like have a dog because their roommates are allergic to the fur? Are you talking about someone who just wants a place to rest their head and does not care about anything else and they just want a place of their own to call home? And yeah, it's not gonna solve the needs of every single one of the 5,000 families on the inclusionary zoning waiting list. And yeah, it's uh, who live in Cambridge. It's not gonna solve the needs of the 19,000 people on the waiting list for housing and and yeah maybe it sucks that you know we're gonna lose spaces to get it but we have to do something we need massive change
1874, 1910, and 1934, Cambridge built more than 900 buildings in those three years. Built millions of square feet of residential and commercial space in those years of buildings that still stand today. Basically, most of Cambridgeport was built in like a three-year period once they filled it in. And we're afraid to allow a six-story building because we've made ourselves afraid. Because we've made it so that space is at such a premium that nobody can move anywhere because it's just a giant game of musical chairs. And as soon as someone steps out of a chair, we take another one away. We have another three-family home converted back to a single-family mansion because you can do that now because there's billionaires who are happy to live here. Okay, millionaires. I don't know if there's any billionaires living in Cambridge. There probably are at this point. I don't know. There's 1,300 billionaires in the world. I bet one of them lives in Cambridge. Like, like... I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to suggest. I don't know how to how to how to fight. I don't want to I don't want to make it a zero sum game. I don't want it to be a competition. I don't want it to be where one person has to lose in order for another person to have a home to live in. And I don't really love being told that people who can afford $1300 a month for a place to live aren't the kind of people who contribute to our community. Because, like, that's my family. Our family of four is spending $3,500 a month to be here. And now it's really a family of three because my oldest daughter's moved out. Our family of three is spending $3,500 a month to live in Cambridgeport. We're spending $1,200 a month per person. And my daughter went to CRLS and participated in the Mayor's Summer Youth Program and is working on being, you know, worked at the Salvation Army, helping provide daycare for the, the children of homeless parents. My, my wife volunteers at MGH in the, to do baby cuddling in the pediatric department. I'm working to bring municipal broadband to low-income families across the city. Maybe not very well, but I'm trying. To be told, like, these aren't the types of people who are contributing to our community. I mean, you're just saying that new people aren't welcome here. And, I mean, I'm used to hearing that from people who don't understand that the rent is too high, who live in homes that they bought for $85,000, you know, 30 years ago. I'm used to hearing that from people who just don't look at cameras the same way I do. But what I'm not used to hearing that from is from my peers, peers who are priced out of Cambridge, to turn around and say, these people really aren't doing their share. That hurts, it really does. And the reason we're here is because we pit each other against ourselves or pit ourselves against each other or whatever. And I really hope we can stop that. I'm Chris Schmidt, this is Ventures Matter.